Get a closer look into some of your favorite Badgers, both inside and outside of their sport. This is the Varsity Beat, presented by the Varsity Collective. Welcome to the Varsity Beat, presented by the Varsity Collective. I'm your host, Sam Decker. The Varsity Collective is the NIL Collective, led and backed by University of Wisconsin alumni, former Badger student-athletes like me, and Badger fans everywhere. TVC's mission is to support current Badger student-athletes on the field, in the community, and in life. And if you want to get involved, then go to thevarsitycollective.com and learn more about how you can support Badger student-athletes too. On the podcast today, I'm really excited to welcome one of those student-athletes, Badgers quarterback Tanner Mordecai. And then later in the show, we will be speaking with Wisconsin alumni and one of the hosts of Barstool Sports, pardon my take, Dan Katz, the big cat himself. So make sure to stick around for that. But first, we're excited to welcome current student-athlete Tanner Mordecai to the podcast. Welcoming on a big guest here for us at the Varsity Beat, Wisconsin football quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. Tanner, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be in Wisconsin, so it's all the good vibes. Everyone's excited to have you around. Everyone's excited to hear from you. Let's start back a little bit further. You're in Wisconsin. You said the weather is beautiful today as of mid-April here. But you grew up in Texas, and now you've made the move up north. What has that been like? The transition's been really smooth, honestly. The, the main thing is the weather. It took some adjusting to, but I got used to it, and it was, wasn't a, a big deal. But today, it's 75 and sunny, so we're all happy. <laughs> no, the, the transition's been good. The people of Wisconsin and Madison have been great to me. They've been super nice, and they've welcomed me with open arms. So it's been, it's been really smooth. That's awesome. Yeah, like, like we talked about before the show, you never know what you're going to get in March, April, May in Wisconsin. So the nice thing about Madison, mid-May and onwards, you'll be fine. The summer ball will be fun. Have you been able to explore Madison a bit at all? And what are your takeaways from the city so far? Um, yeah, I've been around a little bit with some of the guys that have been here showing me around. But, I mean, it's a pretty town right in between two two beautiful lakes, which is really awesome. I'm an outdoorsman, so I guess lakes are always appealing to me. Fit right in. Yeah, so it's perfect. You've had an interesting route to get to Wisconsin. If you want to touch on that shortly here, you know, you started, for those who don't know, Tanner, you started your college football career at Oklahoma before transferring to SMU and breaking out there and now choosing to play your last uh, year of eligibility for the Badgers in Wisconsin. Talk to us about your career so far and how it's set you up you know, to be successful and playing under some now professional or NFL quarterbacks? So out of high school, I went to OU, um, Oklahoma. I was there for a couple of years. Didn't see the playing field as much as I had wished. So got the transfer portal, went to SMU. I had uh, a blast at SMU. Played for two years and pretty successful offensively with, with what we were running and what we were doing. And I was planning on that. So that was five years after I was done at SMU. That was five years of football. And my plan was to enter the draft, uh, be done with college football. Uh, I got some feedback that I wasn't too fired up about, and I started th- rethinking a couple things. You know, I got in, got in contact with, with Coach Longo and Coach Fickle. I kind of consulted with my parents and some other people, and it, it kind of uh, was the perfect marriage between 
Coach Lager does, how successful he is. Um, obviously, Coach Fickle being successful head coach. And then a place like Wisconsin and the play for the Badgers and play for a winning culture. And so it was kind of something I didn't want to pass up, an opportunity I might regret if I didn't take it. So uh, here I am. I'm all, I'm all in. So, Well, we'd love to hear that. I mean, we've been excited, especially as a fan. We got a chance to talk on this show with Chim Ray and, you know, now a deeper wide receiver room than we've had and a good tight end room as well. How has it been gelling with the skill positions and also in the quarterback room? You know, it's been a good competition. How has that been uh, with your gelling with the, with the group, getting the unit together? Uh, it's been great. A lot of the media that I've talked to have, have all been asking, you know, how are the guys transitioning from an old school under center offense to a, an air raid up tempo and you know, the thing I tell them every time is if you come watch spring practice, you can't tell that they've ever been in an offense different than the one we're running right now. So the guys have uh, done a great job adapting. So that's been really cool to see. Like you mentioned, Chim, some of the guys that have been around and played a lot of football here, they're great leaders. And a lot of the receivers that were here just didn't have the opportunity to showcase uh, what they got as much as they will in this new offense. So that's what people want to hear. That's what people have been waiting to see, that those guys and yourself are going to be put in positions to succeed. Um, obviously, bringing in new guys with the portal, uh, recruiting new coaching staff. What role did Coach Fickle play in bringing you to UW, and how has your relationship with him gotten underway, and what kind of a man is he uh, around the field? Coach Fickle was uh, obviously the head coach of Cincinnati, and they're in the same league that I was in at SMU. So... There, there's no hiding that Coach Fickle is a great hand coach, uh, very successful, and all he does is win. And you can see that in his track record. Cincinnati bringing a, a non-Power 5 school to the playoff and um, doing doing really good things there. So, I mean, that's just something he's going to continue here. He demands excellence. He's extremely competitive. He's intense. He has a serious passion for what he does. So it's, e it's easy to see why he's so successful. For those who haven't, go to any of the football players or uh, UW footballs at Instagram or Twitter and you know you can see the day in day out grind that these guys are on and the intensity that's been surrounding the program now as you can see you know the hunger that you guys have every day you go out there but also lifting each other up and wanting to see each other succeed what has that culture been like so far that you guys have trying to you know lay the foundation on going into this season you know this is something me and coach Fickle talked about before I even got here and before everyone was back together in January is something that, uh, you know, Wisconsin, this football team has a special culture that was very unique to hear. Uh, these guys have just a, a willing and a fire and a hunger to bring success to this program and this school. And you can tell just by the atmosphere and the locker room and how guys interact with each other. That is something that is the first thing that popped out to me. And that's something Coach Fickle told, told me whenever he was around the guys during bowl prep whenever he really wasn't very hands-on or something he could just observe. And it's something that's definitely uh, been a lie to me. And I mean, these guys just have like a blind faith to just do whatever they possibly can to win. So that's something that that I've admired. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's also infectious too when you get in that feeling, when you get in the locker room and he's like, these guys truly, truly want it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I take the most pride in uh, what I do, being the most prepared so I can give the best product of myself to the rest of my teammates. Uh, I think that's what they deserve and that's what they're going to get for me. That's awesome. So now heading into this new season, what's one thing or the one thing that you want Badger Nation to know about you, Tanner Mordecai, whether it's the player or the person? 
Uh, one thing is I just want people to know that it's obviously I only have one year left here and I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I don't want to have a single ounce of regret that I didn't give everything I have to, you know, this program and this school. And I promise I, I'm going to give everything I have. I mean, you can't ask for more than that out of you and we're excited to see you. But now, as you may know or may not know, the Varsity Beat is presented by Wisconsin's Varsity Collective, which is an NIL-based collective. So now that we are in this new era of sports uh, with the NIL, with students being able to really take control of their image for the first time, as a student athlete, how do you feel about that opportunity to control your own brand, whether that's on the field or off the field? I think it's a really cool opportunity for guys to make some money off their name since, you know, schools bring in just loads of money for football teams. So I think it's important that guys can make a few dollars off of uh, their product. Yeah, I mean, it's a unique space. We've also talked to a lot of people that have gone out into the community, whether it's Madison or hometown. Is there any charitable work that you have done in this NIL space? Just recently, I was at the Boys and Girls Club of Dane County, just working with kids, uh, giving back to kids that, you know, maybe not have the opportunities at the moment, but giving them whatever I can to help. That's the future is kids, so... I enjoy doing that. That's probably the number one charitable act that I would like to get more involved with. For sure. In the Madison and Wisconsin youth community, Badger Sports is A1 there. Yeah, I was one of those kids in Wisconsin that wanted to be a Badger, wanted to be a Badger football player. Right. Uh, growing up watching all the greats and anytime I could get even a piece of a Wisconsin athlete, it was one of the coolest things ever. So yeah. seeing the QB go out and about, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I can already see... You're repping Wisconsin with pride. Uh, I'm excited about this upcoming opportunity for the team, for yourself. As we mentioned earlier, this will be your last season of college eligibility. What are some of your aspirations, your goals for post-college life after this season? Post-college life initially is to play in the NFL. That's my plan as of now. But plan B is got my undergrad in business management at SMU. And I would hope to use that to go into wealth management sector or that kind of area, see if that's a fit for me. That's something I've been interested in. So I don't have an exact plan for that, but after football, that's what I, that's something I would like to dive into. Well, you had one more plan than I did. So it uh, sounds like you have it under control, but obviously that plan A is one that we see working out for you. We see you this year, you know, having a big year, leading what is going to be a great football team to a lot of success, but then individually for you, with the head you got on your shoulders and you know, the vision you have for yourself and for this team, we see a long future for you. So we're really excited for you, man, going into this year. Any parting words for the Badger faithful to raise the excitement for Badger football? Man, just thank you for, for welcoming in a, a guy a long ways away from home. I'm so excited to be a Badger, bring some wins back to Camp Randall. I can't wait to see the jump around. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what, uh, what Saturdays are like in the fall here. Awesome. Well, you're, you're going to get them jumping around, I guarantee yeah. that, Tanner. <laughs> thanks for coming. Thank you. Now it's time for the name, image, likeness roundup of some of the latest initiatives that student-athletes around the country have accomplished. And don't forget that if you want to find out what you can do to support Badger student-athletes, you can do it by visiting the Varsity Collective. Com. So first up in the NIL roundup, I wanted to talk about how brands took advantage of the national attention on both 
the men's and women's side of basketball athletes during March Madness to strike new NIL deals. The March Madness mustache was again a focus this year with Pringles creating a special edition cans for its March mustache collection, which now features Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, Duke's Derek Whitehead, and Virginia's Ben Vanderplas. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, Drew Timmy definitely rocked that mustache and he's got that look. He's got that NCAA basketball player March Madness look about him. I mean, that mustache definitely helped with the long hair and the headband. I thought it was perfect. Pringles knocked that one out of the park. Several other inspiring campaigns included Buick's hashtag See Her Greatness spot, national TV campaign featuring female student athletes and their love of the game. Goldman Sachs also combined male and female student athletes to call for the modernization of the Small Business Administration, and LG focused on mental health and hashtag love the game. I think this is what's so so great about March Madness this year and in, in college sports in general is we're now seeing through NIL the human side of all these athletes, not afraid to speak their mind, show their truth, and bravo to all these companies on giving these student athletes these huge platforms now to promote change, to inspire young people through all walks of life. Also, Summit Credit Union, which is a proud partner of Wisconsin Athletics, has announced the University of Wisconsin Student Athlete Financial Wellness Ambassador Program, an effort to increase financial wellness education through student athletes' social media postings. Summit Financial Coaches will meet with the student-athletes in educational sessions throughout the semester, and you will be able to follow along as the students post on Instagram during the semester about their personal journey in financial wellness. I think this is so huge, teaching financial literacy, teaching student-athletes how to prepare themselves for the future. I think these are things that are invaluable. I think these are things that aren't taught enough as someone who was a college athlete then went on to make money in my sport. You have to know the right things to do with it. You need to have a plan going into things and having the right people around you is half the battle. So good on Summit. Summit has also named three UW student athletes as financial ambassadors. The student athletes will serve as student ambassadors for financial wellness. These include Sarah Chan, a junior on the rowing team, Kylie Robbins, a junior on the track and field team, and Maddie Wilkie, a redshirt freshman on the women's basketball team. So congrats to Sarah, Kylie, and Maddie. We are proud of you guys in Summit. Uh, that is great teaching financial wellness to these young student athletes. So that is our NIL roundup. Great things going on around the country and also in our programs in Madison and across the state of Wisconsin. Always great to see new opportunities being made and new memories being made with these student athletes. Now for our next segment, I'm very pleased to welcome on a very special guest, the big cat himself, Wisconsin alumni, and one of the hosts of Barstool Sports, pardon my take, Dan Katz. Dan, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. How you doing, buddy? Let's go, Sam. I'm excited. I'm very excited. When I talked to the people at the Barstool Collective and were like, hey, let's let's get me on and, and get me in the mix, I'm ready to become the greatest booster in Madison history without spending any money. That's a very hard line to, to walk there, but I'm going to boost with my brain and my will and everything else I got. I'm going to throw it all behind everything we got so that Badger Athletics can reach the top. That's the million dollar brain right there. I honestly think having you on and having those ideas would actually put money into these guys' pocket. If it, I know you're being humble, but I think that's a legit thing that would happen. I will say that depending on how pen stock goes, I might also put some money into it. But right now, 
let's just use my brain. But it, it's crazy. The whole thing is, it, it's a crazy time. It's cool that everything here is set up and it's an awesome time to be a Badger fan. That's for sure. It is. It is. And this is a kind of a rare space. And some Big Ten schools are doing more of this stuff. Some aren't. I think it's cool having Big Ten and, and Badger alum like yourself with big names, with recognizable names that can go out and help these student athletes today, you know, make a name for themselves a little bit off the court or off the field. Overall, before we even get in, what is your take on NIL? Are you all for it or is there a, a nuance there that you struggle with? No, I'm all for it. I've been for it. I thought it was a long time coming. I thought it was ridiculous that for the longest time, football, basketball, the tournament was making billions of dollars for the universities and the kids were getting absolutely nothing, especially with the, you know, it's it's very hard to make it to the pros. So there's a lot of kids that are very good in college, very good college athletes and being able to get $0 was ridiculous. I do think it's going to be a weird time for the next I don't know, five to seven years where everyone tries to figure out how this whole thing works. But just like any rule change, it will eventually get figured out. It will eventually be normalized and we'll get to a place where everyone's comfortable with it and people won't be upset about it anymore. And I, so I'm, I couldn't be more for it. I, th I think it was way, way long overdue. And I'm happy that kids are getting the opportunity to make money and, and not even like the two main sports, the big money driver sports, but kids who are playing in sports that maybe aren't on TV, but if they can make money, even like going to camps and teaching the skills of their sports and stuff like that, even little stuff like that, it was insane that college athletes weren't able to go get jobs like that where they're able to use their expertise. So I couldn't be a bigger fan of NIL. Yeah, I think what you hit on when you said not even just the two big sports, and when we talk about that, it's you know men's college hoops and football. But you know when I was at school, I even thought, yeah, but how is rowing or gymnastics or whatever going to get uh, a chunk of the change? But you're actually seeing something that we didn't put in perspective is the power of social media. There are gymnasts out there getting big deals. There are different athletes that have you know, created a lane for themselves through social media to now get deals that we never even saw foreseeable. Yeah. The best part about social media, and I know this from my career and content side of it, is if you are talented, if you have a talent, if you have a unique voice, you will be found. And there was obviously before the NIL, there was athletes in all the sports that could get a following, that could have that talent, and they wouldn't be able to monetize that whatsoever. Now, you could actually monetize. It could be you're funny. You could, you, you could be good looking. Like, let's be honest here. Good looking could get you money. I I, I have no, that's not nothing to be ashamed of. And, or you have something interesting to say, you have a cool story, whatever it may be, being able to get that following on social media and then use that following to make you some money is a great, great thing. Now, looking back at, we have talked about this with some of the guys because they all mentioned like our teams. And I'm like, man, the things that I wish I could have been able to do, even those final four runs, like you and Dave were at all that stuff. I'm like, you know, we all got pretty close through that time thinking of the opportunities we could have maybe paved or created in that time and, and branch out. It kind of feel like I did miss out on a little bit, a little bit of bread there, a little bit of fun. Oh, absolutely. Those two years and those runs and how much joy it brought to Wisconsin fans, no doubt in my mind that you guys would have cleaned up in NIL money. I'm sure it sucks to look back and think about that. It does a little bit, but also it feels good knowing that I had 
Nigel was a big proponent of pay the players, whatever. So to know that we were kind of that last wave that got it over the hump for the next group, you kind of do feel good about that because it doesn't happen without people speaking out. You know, the Jay Billises of the world, big names being able to say, hey, these guys actually do deserve something. But you, you also, you hit on, you talked about those two years, your fandom. I remember when, before I knew you, people would always say, hey, you see Big, Te- Big Cat's tweet or you did you see Big Cat, whatever. A lot of guys don't realize you were a Badger. You were a Wisconsin guy and you've kept that fandom you post that fandom, win or lose. People kind of like when we lose more to see how you react. How did you end up at Wisconsin? And how does that fandom play out in your life still today? Yeah. So, I mean, I ended up in Wisconsin because I went, I visited and it was, it was like April and it was like the first nice day in Madison, which everyone who's a Badger, who's been to Madison knows when the weather turns from like, there's those couple random days in April where it'll be like 75 degrees and sunny and it's literally the best place on earth. So I I don't know if I would have ended up going to Wisconsin if I had been there and it was snowing on April, but I got lucky and it was the best place on earth. So it was like, that's it. I decided I was like, I'm gone. I'm going. There's no question here. This is where I want to be. Yeah. It's funny because the fandom thing, like, I think that's, that's part of what, you know, Barstool, how we've been able to build over the years is like people connect with us and we're relatable in how we root for our teams. And I do love college sports. Like I love college sports. I love college basketball. I love college football. There's something about it. It's also a way to connect with your friends who you went to college with, like a bunch of, you know, I'm 38 now with two going on three kids and I don't get to see my friends very often. It's just a reality of life. Everyone's in different cities, but when the Badgers are on or when they're playing well, we're texting each other. We're talking about, oh, if we, you know, we go to the Rose Bowl, we got to go to the Rose Bowl. So that connection is really special. It's it's what keeps a lot of your college friendships who are my best friends in the world together, connected through the sports. I think people who don't go to a big college realize that when they're like, why are you getting upset about 18 and 19 year olds playing a sport? It's like, well, it means more than that. And there's a lot of tradition and rivalries behind it. I would say, and you could tell me, Sam, if, if, if you ever felt this, Am I too negative sometimes? Maybe a little bit about the Badgers or am I just, because I do know there was like the moment in the growth of Barstool where it was right around when we went to the final four year, two years, where I was like, oh, people are actually like following me and and listening to me. And like, they realize I represent like a portion of the Badger fandom. And sometimes people will like shit on Wisconsin sports. And I want to, I'm like, is that my fault that I do it? Like, I can do it, but you can't. Like, we've actually been way more successful than anyone realizes on the outside. Yeah, there hasn't been the national titles, but, like, there's stats out there that, like, they're, like, fourth or fifth in in the amount of college football games won in the last 20 years. You know, like, back-to-back Final Fours. So I want, am I a little bit to fault for it? Do I need to change my own perspective? Yeah, you are honest. I think to the outsider, they see the gray sweater, if anyone hasn't seen this, Big Cat wore an infamous gray Wisconsin sweater to the Final Four games, and he dragged it through the streets of Indy sad, and he, he and every time he wears it, it's a cursed sweater. So I think little things like like that play to the outsider. I think you're legitimate in your criticisms at times because we get so close. It's one of those things like we get to the big one, and and I think one year we had like Big Ten championship loss. Rose Bowl loss, Final Four loss, and like Badger Volleyball Championship loss, like all in one year. And we're like, we get right there. 
to the precipice and then we don't get over. But you're right. We have like the top 10 in college basketball wins, top five in, in college football wins. So it's one of those things. It's like we're there, but we're not at the same time. So I think that's the thing that drives people crazy. And I have pretty good perspective at this point in my life where I'm okay with the fact that maybe we're never going to win a national title and enjoying don't the ride of, of, okay, but I'm, let's just say hypothetically we don't. Enjoying the ride, enjoying the season. Like I watch every game, watch every basketball game, watch every football game. Like I am invested, but I also understand that it's really hard to win titles in college sports. So the ride is really what it's about. It's about watching Wisconsin play Purdue in the middle of February and being like, that was an awesome win and watching a team progress. And I do have to probably check myself because it is one of those things like you can make fun of family, but like if someone outside makes fun of family, I get really upset. Yeah. Like, Hey, I can make fun of the fact that like this basketball game finished 52 49, but when you do it, like get out of here, like they actually are a pretty good team. Like we've been to the tournament more than any other team, you know, outside of like a few, we've been to bowl games more than any other team outside of a few. So big picture, I actually, I maybe need to like release a press release because I really do think Wisconsin is better than outside of maybe five or six schools. It's the the best place to go for sports because we are always in the mix in both the major sports. And it's always, you know, that they're going to be like, I would hate to go to a school where the football team is garbage or the basketball team never makes a tournament. Like Wisconsin's always there and that's the ride and that's the fun. And I think that's two plays to you as a content guy is there's always a big game for Big Cat to watch that Barstool can say, hey, let's watch Big Cat. And that's a cool thing to say. A lot of schools don't can't say that, that year-round, you're in the mix. You're like, okay, I have this big Friday night college basketball game, and then you have a Saturday 3.30 game against Ohio State or something. And a lot of schools can't say that. And I think it's also a little competition on campus, like how much we respect each other. You can even throw volleyball in there now. Oh, yeah, national title hockey, women's ice hockey. I watched that game. They have a dynasty. They do. And it's one of those things that now it's that like unspoken respect is on campus. So it's like, yeah, that's okay. You want to push each other over that hump because, you know, at some schools, one program's going to be top dog forever. And you talked about going on rides. For example, you know how people always say, you know, our, our teams, you know, the rides that they went on. And for me growing up watching PJ Hill and Russ and all those guys on the football field, when you think about players and teams, Wisconsin teams that have, oh, that, that was a ride. What are some guys that come to your name? Like the top three, four guys or girls that you're like, those are my guys. Okay. It used to be Alondo Tucker. Can't be anymore. I don't know what the editing process on this podcast is, but that will be funny. <laughs> he was definitely like, I think my freshman year was like Devin Harris's freshman year. So those teams were very fun, very good. But I loved Brian Butch. I know that there was a segment of the fan base that maybe thought he didn't reach his full potential. I loved him. He It was when he broke his elbow that season and he came back. Like, that guy was just a dog. That team was going to win it all. Yeah, he was awesome. I love, love, love Jim Leonard. He was, like, my favorite. I also love Lee Evans. I was at that game when he scored five touchdowns against Michigan State, which was awesome. I did have a take. I think I lost a bet to a friend. I thought John Clay was going to be invited to New York for the Heisman. So I really got into the John Clay hype. I also think that if Brett Bielema had run John Clay in that Rose Bowl more, we would have won that game. I was at that game against TCU. But yeah, it's it's fun to like go through all of the all of the teams and all the years and think about like all the guys that you rooted for and uh, all the names. And so yeah, I mean like even even going through like the quarterbacks like Tolzien, I was actually a 
huge Ty Donovan guy. Ty Donovan, way back, he played a game at Iowa where he was phenomenal. Like, yes, yeah, Sorgi, Stocko, like all these guys. So there's a lot of, and then obviously your teams, like your teams were the peak of happiness. Those runs, especially just the NCAA tournament, like it's really just like getting to that next weekend, then getting to that next weekend where you just have the ability to have investment in multiple weekends in March where the world is watching. There's really nothing like it. And like, I was at that Oregon game when you guys came back in Milwaukee. That was incredible. I was just going to bring that one up because you said investment. And I think sometimes people will see your thing be like, is that real? I saw firsthand your investment, that clip. And I know the clip you're talking about. It's going in a commercial. You don't know the cameras on you. It's it's a, It was like one of those aerial cameras. And you're like full sweat, double fist pumping into the air, like willing a comeback. We were down like six at the time. But you were so invested. You were so visceral about it i can like see it worn on your face after game like big games you look tired is that how you watch sports all the time yeah i put everything into it that also i should say i was sitting next to jonathan bruss ben's brother so you have to bring your a game when you're sitting next to jonathan bruss he's a psycho true psycho you're going full 40 minutes there yeah exactly but yeah like those moments like even going to the rose bowl i went with my friends to -to back-to-back rose bowls obviously we lost both of them to tcu and oregon but like the friendship of going to that game, that Oregon game was so electric and that in that first quarter when it was 21-21 or the best night that I've had as a Badger fan is a win against Kentucky. And I probably partied a little too hard after that. I forgot they you guys still had a game against Duke. I don't think I left the bar in Indy for like the entirety of Sunday. But yeah, like those moments are the best. And I also, I mean, I, I know we've talked about it maybe privately, but like, People don't realize, like, Sam was concussed for the game against Duke. That's why he airballed. So that's, it's not fair that we we criticize the airballs. I don't think we're going to pass any medical tests. <laughs> with, with no, that I take. used a visual. I saw you. I did take a shot in between the eyes with about 12 minutes left in that game. And it put me down for a minute. I don't think I was concussed, but I definitely was, I definitely was a little shell-shocked. And it's funny because you're the only person that picked up on that in the moment. I remember seeing you say that online and I texted a trainer. I was like, how does Big Cat know I got hit? Dude, it's because you were that Arizona game when you hit all those threes and like you were so locked in on both those runs. And then I was like, something's off. And then obviously, I mean, Coach K completely like he paid off the refs at halftime. We both know that. They called the game completely different in the second half. So that was completely robbed from us. But yeah, like. Even in the losses, I look back and be like, you know what? The experience, being with friends, doing the whole thing, like there's just nothing like it. Nothing like college sports. I'm glad you can be on a pro Badgers a show so you can actually get this entirely off your chest. And it's it's actually one of my funnier moments is you texted me after the Duke game that week apologizing because you, you took some blame because you thought you partied too hard. I did, <laughs> the job, I did. The, the job wasn't done and that you mailed it in. I said, it's, it's not your fault, but you felt bad. I did. Monday, I was just like, I was in bed drinking Pedialyte before the national championship game. You're like, I got I was, another game. Yeah, I was hurt so bad because I was like, they just beat Kentucky 31-1, and, and one, like this whole thing. Like, I, yeah, that was my fault. If I ever, if we ever get back there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load manage way better. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you some nights off during the year no gambling during the year and we'll, we'll, we'll get into the but going into this year I know it's been we've seen the hype train going we've had some years here that it's been a little in and out 
and we've both kind of been vocal at times about things. How excited are you for the direction of the football program with Coach Vic and you know the talent that he's already brought in on campus? Yeah, I couldn't be more excited. I think that two things. One is Mac having the ability to be decisive with the change like that. And obviously, Paul Chris was a phenomenal coach for Wisconsin, like double-digit wins, big bowl wins. What he did for the program was great. But it did feel like we were in a spot where we need to shake something up. And Wisconsin has the infrastructure to kind of roll out of bed and win seven, eight games. But how do we take it to the next level where we're back to winning Big Ten titles, back to maybe getting now, especially with the expanded playoff, getting to the playoff, not back to, but getting to the playoff. And Luke Fickle is a guy who can change all of that and kind of bring us to the next because things are changing. Like you have to adapt. Recruiting's changing. Transfer portals change. NIL, all these things that you need someone who has a fresh perspective on it. So I couldn't be more excited. I think he's such a phenomenal coach. And I also think his staff is like incredible. Like I've gotten pretty friendly with the strength and conditioning coach for the football team. And like, if you just even look what he was able to do at Cincinnati and get some of these guys that were nowhere near to being charted to be pros. And yes, of course, their talent is, you know, it's their hard work, their talent. I'm not saying a strength and conditioning coach makes a guy a pro, but that is a piece of the puzzle. And being able to have guys buy in and get them to that next level, because we both know, like, the more draft picks, the more guys that go to the next level, the better it is for the program, and it all kind of snowballs from there. So I think Luke Fickle, like, what he has done at Cincinnati and and the style of football he plays is going to just be phenomenal. And, and like, the court, like, what do we have, like, three or four quarterbacks now? Like, like I think we have a five-man quarterback room. Right. Like, I can't wait to see what, how that shakes out and, like, what type of offense, throwing the ball more. Like, I just, it feels like we're getting, we had a 30-year run there that was kind of had Barry Alvarez's fingerprints all over, and he was obviously the godfather of all of this. But being like, all right, maybe let's change it up just a little and see what the future holds is so exciting. Well, that's kind of the biggest thing with Wisconsin athletics sometimes is we're a staple of consistency, success, but sometimes you also have to adapt. And excitement is contagious. And when you can bring in faces, bring in people that bring a new wave of excitement that can pull every ounce of the athleticism and the pride out of these student athletes, like that's what gets you over the top. That's what brings new recruits in. That's what wins games and brings people back into the stands. It is a new world of college athletics. I'm sure recruiting is a headache these days. I, I sure, sure as hell wouldn't want to be out there on the recruiting trail, but it's impossible. But it's one of those things. There's there's no exact science, but some schools have figured it out, and I think we're on the right path right now. Yeah, exactly, and especially even with, with the Barcy Collective and, and everything that's going on with NIL, like trying to figure out a way to use the alumni base to better put a foot forward for the entire program's I'm just so excited because I, I I do think that we have some of the most passionate fans in all of college sports and figuring out a way to use that and leverage that will be huge because once we can get that power behind it, it's like the sky's the limit. So how excited are you for if the Badgers start, you know, 4-0 this fall? You got Michigan in the office. You got Ohio State in the office. You got a lot of Big Ten there. How nervous will they be and how 
puffed out will your, will your chest be every Sunday? It's crazy because it's only been like a couple of years. I mean, the COVID year was weird. Obviously, last year didn't go the way we wanted it to go. But like, it's only been a couple of years that we've been down. But it's so quick that people forget what this program is able to do when it's going in the right direction. So I think they're a little nervous right now. Like, I think they already know that Luke Fickle is going to build a bully. And it's going to be like a supercharged bully where we can also throw the ball. And when that happens, everyone's on notice. So, I yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait for this college football season. And if you want to move over quickly to Badgers basketball, something that, you know, we've seen you shirtless in the crowd. We've seen you. That's kind of your ride or die in the winter. Obviously, last year didn't play out the way we expected. You know, those NCAA tournament runs is what we expect. And they didn't, you know, make the big dance. But obviously, it's a new wave, bringing in fresh faces, getting in the transfer portal now. What's your belief status at, or are you always going in optimistic? So I'm a big Gus Bus guy. I've watched a lot of highlights of him. That's when it gets a little creepy when it's like you're watching some 17-year-old play high school basketball, but that's okay. I have no shame in that. He's going to be awesome. I, I already know, like, I already have him circled as one of my future favorite Badgers. It's so true. It's funny you said that. Didn't mean to cut you off, but when you said makes you feel older, you feel creepy. I texted him when he committed. I got his number from guard. And I texted him and he said, wow, Mr. Decker, this means so much. When I was in middle school, I looked up to you and I was like, okay, I'm over, I'm over the hill in that college hoops world. So yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but he's going to be a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. And I think we have some good freshmen who were freshmen, going to be sophomores. I love Greg Gard. I think he's a very good coach. I think he's underrated. I think he gets some unfair criticism. Obviously not making the tournament was pretty tough this year, especially knowing that they were kind of they were trending to go to the tournament when it was like mid-January and the way the season ended was not great but I think they'll be back to where they got to be and like there is you can probably speak to it better than anyone Wisconsin if they're at their true Wisconsin form whether it be with Bo Ryan or Craig Card that it's teams that don't beat themselves and that is such a added bonus in a game when you have a bunch of 18 19 year olds that are prone to make mistakes in big moments. So getting back to that team that can't beat itself and like knows what to do in those big moments will be huge. Well, how many times did we see even this last year? It'd be like at Nebraska, we'd be up eight with six and a half minutes left. And then there'll be a turnover, turnover, miss shot, miss shot. Then it's a one point game. Not score. Yeah. Like that Ohio, even the win against Ohio State in Columbus, I don't think we scored the last 10 minutes. Like, and we still won. And that's the thing that in Big Ten play, it's already hard to win. And if you're, yeah, if you beat yourself, especially with a young team, it's really, really hard. And winning every night in the Big Ten, I don't care how good or bad the league is, it's a dogfight every night. You see it, you know, in the NCAA tournament, you want them to have a little more success in, in terms of the Big Ten. But night in, night out, winning in the Big Ten is not easy. Teams that can do it consistently are a different breed. And if we can get six or seven of those games back that, you know, they had the lead late last year, it's a whole different year. And I think that's something we're going to see next year, but be on the right side of those. Yeah, I'm excited. Just doing this, I'm just excited about the football and basketball season. So before we wrap, you look at, back at your time at UW and now in your professional career, what impact has the school made on you and vice versa? What impact do you think you've had on Badgers and Badger students? Yeah, hopefully positive on Badger students. I hope that people see my passion and realize like my love for the university and like how genuine it is because I, I really do think it's the best place to go to college. In terms of what it did for me, I mean, 
the friendships you make. Also, I think more than anything, going to a school like Wisconsin, I remember maybe my freshman year, sophomore year, like going into a class with 400 students and being like, okay, no one's going to hold my hand here. Like, I got to go figure this out myself. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, there's no one, you're not in a a small school with 12 kids in a class. You're in a big, big school where you have to do it yourself. You have to figure out your own studying. You have to figure out how you're going to accomplish both academically, but also like what you want to do in terms of the friendships you make and, and the parties are very fun. So I think that that is a lesson that you can't get in a lot of places because then when you get to the real world, it's the same thing where no one's going to hold your hand. No one's going to tell you what to do. You're going to have a job that you have to go make the most of it. So I think that it's not even like the actual things you're learning, but it's the style that you learn in being an independent person and knowing that like what you put into something is what you'll get out of it. And it's not, you can't half-ass anything. You can't, you can't hope that someone will do something for you or or walk you through this. It's, you got to figure it out yourself and learning that, like, I didn't fully realize it till well after I graduated. It's like, oh yeah, I I did learn. Like there's a million times you can be like, oh, I want to go party instead of study, or I want to go do this instead of go to class and having the ability to like, Keep yourself accountable. Madison's a special place, and you've made such an impact, not just for people like me, but for Badger fans around the world, sports fans around the world. So we appreciate you. We thank you for coming on, supporting the student athletes with the NIL stuff, with the Varsity Collective, and being a great guest and a great friend and always supporting us on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thank you, Sam. Anytime. I'll come back on. We'll talk football in the fall. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to The Varsity Beat, presented by The Varsity Collective. And thanks so much to our guests, Tanner and Dan. I'm your host, Sam Decker. Stay tuned for the next episode. And in the meantime, learn how you can get involved with The Varsity Collective and support Badger student-athletes at thevarsitycollective.com. We'll see you next time.